news earlier today as they continue filling out their coaching staff. This- I, I got to be honest with you. I did not. I was not aware of the name or the. I'm not aware. I don't have a a, a lot of knowledge of of who Kerry Joseph is. Yes, I think a lot of folks are probably right there with you. Um, I'm sure Mark G. and Greco is intimately familiar with Kerry Joseph's work in the CFL Such as he was point. the 2007 Most Outstanding Player. As was a, a quarterback, quarterback then, right? Correct. Now, he did play four seasons in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks as a safety and then went on to pursue his dream of playing quarterback at the professional level in the CFL, where, again, he was very successful. And that maybe is part of the reason why Kerry Joseph, at the age of 50, is now getting his first crack at an opportunity of being a quarterback's coach he's, in the league. He spent. Uh, he joined the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks in 2020 uh, as an offensive assistant. Yes. 2021, an assistant wide receivers coach. And from 20, in 2022 and 2023... Still with the Seahawks, he was the assistant quarterbacks coach. So he now he's worked. So obviously he's worked with Shane Waldron, who comes from Seattle. And am I am I correct in in and I, I don't know if you saw this or or Tyler did that their their quarterbacks coach who they were trying to talk with pulled his name out of the running for this particular yes, job. That's correct? correct. Yep. Now maybe he's in line to get an offensive coordinator's job. Don't know. But I believe they also asked for permission to speak to the existing quarterbacks coach, not the assistance quarterback coach, which Kerry Joseph. Are you, Joseph talking, are you is. talking about Greg Olson? No, no, okay. no. Because um, I know the the Bears hired Greg Olson. Or I'm sorry, they talked to him, requested and interviewed Greg Olson for the OC job, and I believe he was the quarterbacks coach, right, in Seattle. Believe maybe the the is guy they any? asked where they were. Maybe okay. it, it may have been an, a different. It was a different guy. I'm Offensive to find the assistant. Name on it. Okay. Uh, I will find it for you. But yes, they asked to, to speak with. Uh, it was Sanjay Lal. I believe he was the offensive passing game coordinator okay. and the wide receivers coach. And I believe that they were looking to interview him as well. But then he pulled his name out of running. Maybe he is under consideration to be an offensive coordinator. And so this is, and I don't know, you can make the argument that this might be a bigger hire than whoever ultimately ends up getting the D.C. job because I think we all kind of look at Matt Eberflus as, even though he's the head coach in name, I think most of us are looking at him as still as the man who I would expect to be the guy who's running point when it comes to being the D.C. I think it's a great point that the quarterback's coach hire, I think it's a great point you make. To me, I'm with you is more important than who you hire as the D.C. Because the D.C. is basically going to be taking instructions from Matt Eber, yes. Eberflus and running Eberflus' system. The the quarterback's coach, along with the O.C., mm-hmm. is going to be in direct connection with either Justin Fields or the first overall pick in the, in the upcoming draft. Yes. And he's going to have his hand in molding one of these guys into a player that this team is going to rely on heavily. So I'm with you 100%. I think that the, these offensive hires, the OC and even the quarterbacks coach, yes. th- these are just as important potentially as certainly the, the offensive coordinator. But I, I think it's funny that you mentioned that. I hadn't even thought about that. But I, I'm with you. I think the, the, it, the hiring of the quarterbacks coach is more important than the D.C. to me. Yeah, and at least in this market where the Bears have a head coach who is, you know, right. has the defensive background that Matt Eberflus does. And not to mention the way last season unfolded. It would have been different had Matt Eberflus not taken over for Allen Williams after his abrupt resignation in the second week of the season. 
But because it played out the way it did, and all of a sudden Matt Eberflus was calling plays, and they never actually hired a DC in season, right. and we saw the team improve, especially once Montez Sweat was traded for. You know, I would be surprised if Matt Eberflus, in a season where maybe it doesn't have to be playoffs or bust for him to retain his job, but at the very least, I don't think they can go backwards as a team. You need to, I think, make an improvement on the seven and ten record that they had this season, Waddle. And so, I would be surprised if Matt Eberflus isn't really headstrong in being the, the loudest defensive voice next year. And so because of that... It's working. Why would you go exactly. away from it? Like, like if, he, if, he, if he gives up play-calling responsibilities because he wants to be the overseer of everything, right. he's opening himself up to a lot more criticism if the defense falls off at all next year. Look, I, I, when I watch the Houston Texans, I don't know what's going on, but it sure looks like D'Amico Ryans is calling the defenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I may be wrong, and again, you but had, it certainly looks that way to me. You had success last year, so yeah. like, don't go away from that, right? You're yeah. not a team that necessarily can have that luxury. And it I may be worth noting, too, Joe Barry, the fired defensive coordinator of the Packers, is somebody who the Bears are reportedly interested in talking to. Maybe that's, maybe not, that's how we do it. Maybe we bring in... Packers, a guy that the Packers, yeah, well, I mean, but from the defensive side of the ball. To get some pointers on how to defend the pack. I, look, I don't know. Um, we tried to get that with, with Luke Getze, I guess, yeah. but that didn't work out either. Not quite a, the way the Bears were hoping it would go. But so, Kerry Joseph will be the Bears' QB coach. Do we have any other spots to fill? Or, I mean, is it is it wide receiver still? I think the, the tight ends coach needs to be yeah. added. The, you know, we know Chris Morgan was retained as the offensive line coach, and oftentimes... That is regarded as the most important, yeah. like you know, coach. Think. When it comes to w- w- aside from the OC, yeah. the o- the O line coach is oftentimes regarded as the most important hire. That all, of course, was filled by my, Chris Morgan. My wonder, or my 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 question is whether or not some of the aren't they at the Senior Bowl? Didn't we, I mean, we talked to Joniak. I believe is that next week. Yes. When did Joniak say it was? I believe next it is week? next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's next. I, I mean. I would expect by the time you get to the Senior Bowl and the Senior Bowl's wrapped up, you should have your offensive coaching staff completely in. So they better really get after it because yeah. by that point, well, you've you only got you've got you, wide receivers coach what and tight ends coach is really all you have left. Yeah, and running backs coach. Oh yes, because we had yeah. that one abruptly. Yeah, that one have to, uh, that that role had to be filled. That as well. abrupt termination yeah. last off season. So, but Kerry Joseph has been brought in and hired by the Bears, according to Tom Pelissero. And, and look, I think that all of these hires come with the following questions: Can you connect any dots? Does it tell you what mm. direction the Bears may be going? And do you believe that they have put together a really good staff? And I would answer my my own questions. The first one being, I can't connect any of these dots. Correct. I, I I don't think that this tells you that they're going to stick with Justin or move on to Caleb Williams or Drake May or anybody else. Um, and I don't know a lot about Kerry Joseph, so I can't sit here and tell you this is a home run hire. The, it's not the circles I run in. Is is the NFL coaching assistant coaching circles? Now this isn't uh, connecting dots. We can draw a direct line to this. We know that with Kerry Joseph being hired, Cliff Kingsbury will not be hired as that the is Bears correct. quarterback coach. And I reference that because something I've wanted to play here for the last week, Cliff Kingsbury, in a conversation with Bob Stoops on his on Bob Stoops podcast. I didn't even know Bob Stoops had a Listen, podcast. there's a lot of podcasts out there, so we're not going to penalize Bob Stoops, is, is he still a coach in the USFL? Uh, wasn't he the head coach well, of the USFL the U- team? It's merged, though, it's right? Mer- yeah, it's yeah. now the UFL. The UFL? Right? UFL? 
it's well, is he, is, the rock is running it right or is he just running a wrestling now i, I can't don't know. i can't keep up whatever it is is bob stoop still coaching I think I thought I know he, he took a podcast, over. Waddle. I okay. can't remember. Right. Never mind. I apologize. My, I would think it'd be more likely that Bob Stoops was coaching at some level of football than having a the Renegades. Podcast. Yeah, he is right? coaching for the Arlington Renegades yeah. of the United Football League. That's right. There you go. His son is a, a, a good little Mark receiver. Stoops. Oh, wait, the no, Drake Stoops, right? It's his son, right? Yeah. Mark Stoops is his brother, right? Yeah, he's. Oh, yeah, he's. he's I'm doing talking really his son. At, uh, he's got Kentucky. a. He's got a son, I believe. I forget where he's at. Is it at Oklahoma? Oh, you, yeah, Drake Stoops. Yeah, the kid is a good little player. Listen, if you want, we can. I mean, we can. Okay, I'm we done with the out, Stoops conversation. We can reach out to. Okay. Uh, I, I got you. Some I Oklahoma. Yeah. No, we're good. I'm just, we I was trying. Listen, we're in this this exercise of trying to connect dots. And yes. Even when I can't connect dots with the Bears quarterbacks and the coaches Fair. there, high end, I'm just connecting dots in other arenas. Okay. So here's the direct line though that we can draw. Okay. Cliff Kingsbury will not be the Bears quarterback coach that was floated out there as a possibility it seems i think a long shot in my opinion i never thought that cliff kingsbury would really want to leave usc for the bears unless it was for that oc job but i know cap and jay hood asked albert Breer about it albert Breer said it would make some sense because of his relationship with caleb williams right and so that would be some dots that we would try to connect if kingsbury was brought in nevertheless though i think it's interesting to hear what cliff kingsbury had to say about Caleb Williams, because yes, we're very interested in people who know Caleb Williams, what they think of him, and we're doing Kingsbury, our due diligence. Kingsbury's due diligence. somebody who's, I think, hearing his opinion is of note because he had a firsthand look at Patrick Mahomes right. back in his days as the head coach of Texas Tech, where Patrick Mahomes play, played his college football. Caleb, his joy for the game, his competitive spirit, and, and the talent level was unbelievable. I mean, I yeah. obviously have been around Patrick, and and he's you know, eerily similar in some ways, the ability to extend plays and all platform throws and, and just the way they, they both play the game is is pretty scary. And uh, so, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Legan's been great. Phenomenal. You, you've seen him work. But in that yep. quarterback room, treats the fifth string walk on just like he does the Heisman Trophy winner. And, and um, that's kind of the ultimate compliment I can give a Who was he talking about there? Was he talking about treats the fifth string quarterback the same way he treats the Heisman winner? Uh, Lincoln Riley, taking, how, okay. how he's talking about how he treats Caleb Williams. Okay. Because he, that was, uh, I think that was at the end of September, early October. So it was very, fairly early in Cliff Kingsbury's tenure with USC. He had just brought, been brought on for the first time, right? Um, yeah. So, but listen. When he talks about the similarities with Patrick Mahomes... Well, it means more coming from him. Now, you yes. take it for what it's worth, and you put whatever value on his comments that you want. But as far as I know, there's only one guy who has worked with both. And it's Cliff Kingsbury, right? Mm-hmm. Who's worked with both Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams. Yes. Lincoln Riley didn't. Lincoln Riley didn't work with, with Patrick Mahomes, did he? No. I didn't think so. So you've got one guy who's actually been in the room with and coached both of these guys. And listen, Cliff Kingsbury has also worked with Kyler Murray. Yeah. So he saw him firsthand at the professional level when he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Seemed like that relationship frayed at the end. Yeah, certainly. But nevertheless, he's got a lot of experience with a lot of talented quarterbacks. And so, and another reason too, these are the Really, the only public comments we have from Cliff Kingsbury, who, by the way, the Bears went out of their way to interview for their offensive coordinator right. position. You have to imagine Cliff Kingsbury probably said something similar 
when to them. he was being interviewed by Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. About, I, I mean, I don't know why. When the, when the topic of Caleb Williams came yeah, up. I don't know why I tell Bob Stoops one thing and Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus something different. But. Yes, I wouldn't think so. Um, so but it's I, interesting. It, it, interesting to hear. And again, he will not be the Bears quarterback coach that is going to carry Joseph. But nevertheless, food for thought. Coming yeah. from a guy who knows a thing or two about quarterback play. Something I wanted to play for the folks out there to get into some insight from... Uh, I hadn't heard it. I hadn't heard that, th- that, that clip. I mean, so what's your thought when you hear him say, you know, that first part about it's eerily similar to Pat when you talk about Caleb Williams? Uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Um, look, this is such a, a, such a heated conversation with people and everybody gets all bothered by other people's thoughts, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, I don't know where so many people got their football PhD and they're so convinced that they have all of the answers and they know how this is going to play out. I certainly don't know. I don't know if it's PhD, but I think most people minor in it in there yeah. when they go to college yeah. or, or, you know, an elective in high school. I, I mean, you do, it's the responsibility of Ryan Poles and his staff to turn over every rock and to watch every bit of tape and to spend as much time as they can with anybody that they would be considering drafting first overall. I mean, the tape speaks for itself in a lot of ways. Now you got to find out what the you know what the person is like. Um, I have not seen anything other than a couple of highlight films and watched three or four of his games. Like I'm still looking to find, and I've actually got to put the, you know concerted effort into it, trying to find an opportunity to sit down and watch more of his games. I'd mm-hmm. like to wa- I watch some of Drake May's games as well, but. I can't sit here in definitive. I don't know how people do it, though. Just because you watched Caleb Williams play against Notre Dame and Utah and maybe UCLA. I don't know how everybody's become a quarterback expert and knows definitively what Caleb Williams is in the collegiate level and is going to be at the NFL level. I, God bless you all for knowing. I don't. Listen. I don't know what he's going to be. There's a lot of stuff that I see him do that is very appealing. I know that there is concern that he plays too much off-platform. I've seen him play on platform. I've seen him play hero ball. Yeah. I think that if you can do both, that's the thing. If I can only see you play hero ball, i got a problem. Yes. If I can see you play within structure and get the ball out quick and do all of the things that you need to do while things are still kind of under control, then it alleviates some of my concern that you're just looking to go out there and wing it. And when you're talking about people who have watched a lot of full games of film, Somebody like Daniel Jeremiah comes to mind. He was on with us earlier oh, this week. He pissed week. some people off of on course, Twitter. Of course, but listen, you've talked about it. I think this is worth noting. If you missed it, Daniel Jeremiah, the full interview available on the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. But this was his thought on Caleb Williams' play this season. When you go back in and watch the tape and you see, the, you know, look, A, the schedule was, was, was tougher. They played a better schedule. But, B, the, the interior of their offensive line was not good at all. And he was under constant duress. The defense was worse, um, one of the worst defenses in, in college football. So you are constantly feeling the pressure of needing to score 50 points. Um, I mean, they stink. And I think they scored, what, 42 points against Washington and lost? Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of the losses he had, you can look at it, where he had big days. Um, but, you know, to me, he got under – he was under a lot of pressure. He – I thought he tried to do too much. There were times where I'm just watching tape going, just take the check down, take the check down. He wouldn't. He got a little big play hungry there. 
But everything that I saw with him that was in the negative column is is 100% correctable. And I've seen him do all the things that you need to do to play that position at an extremely high level. Uh, I think he's a rare talent in terms of just the throwing ability. Like if you guys were to, you know, play a game of horse with quarterbacks and say, okay, over this, under that, you know, drive the ball where it doesn't get, but only so high off the ground from this arm angle, that arm angle, like he's just a gifted, gifted thrower uh, of the football. So he's not perfect. There's no perfect prospects. Um, but I know I, somebody told me uh, the other day brought up the good point that, you know, one of the reasons why Bears fans are having a hard time is because literally the worst game of his career was the game against Notre Dame this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's the one that's, that's fresh in their heads. I would, I would ask him to do something very drastic and way out of the box. Uh, watch him play the same team the year before and see what you think. I'm guessing there's a little bit of uh, being facetious there. When yeah, he says that I mean, I would say the, the first thing, Look, this is an inexact science. There's no question about it because the first thing people will respond, those that are very fond of, of Justin, and we respect your opinion in, in all ways, shape, or form. I don't think you need to get hostile or gross or, or mean-spirited about you know having a different opinion than somebody that does think highly of Caleb Williams, but you do you. Um, it is an inexact science. And people will say, well, Daniel Jeremiah and Mel and everybody had Mitch rated as the top quarterback in 2017. Mm-hmm. Look, those are valid. Those are valid responses. When we have Mel on, and Mel says what Mel says, and we have Daniel Jeremiah on, and he says, and somebody who's a Bears fan, who's a big fan of Justin, says, "Well, he was wrong with Mitch. He had Mitch as the number one, you know, rated quarterback ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Why should I trust him?" Look, you you trust whoever you want to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't an exact science, and it's not important whether or not Daniel Jeremiah gets it nope. right. It's important that your general manager gets yeah, it right. Absolutely. Because if Daniel Jeremiah doesn't get it right, and he didn't get it right, we love having him on. We love his perspective. Everyone's, you know, he puts a lot of time into it. His opinion is his opinion. He's not going to sit here and tell you I'm going to be 100% right all the time, nor does Mel. I think Mel described that quite well when we talked to him about it yesterday. Um, if, can- if, if, but, but if, if Daniel Jeremiah is wrong, He's still going to go back to the NFL Network and do all of the work evaluating next year's class. Yes. If a general manager gets it wrong, there's a good chance that his job security is in jeopardy very quickly. Great point. There's he, Ryan Poles has more invested in this decision Correct. than even the biggest. So this Bears is what I would there. say to anybody out there following all of this, and I like to follow all of it because it's interesting to me and. And these guys do put a lot of work into it, regardless of whether or not you agree with what Mel says or what Daniel says or Todd McShay or whoever it is that, that is out there doing this. They do put a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. And, and I got think a lot it of is, experience to draw upon as well. They've yes. been doing it for a long time. So you make your decision. But again, at the end of the day, it's, it's only really important what your general manager thinks and then it's up to him to make the decision correctly because if he gets it wrong, he'll get fired. If these guys get it wrong, there's not the same level of accountability. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm not saying that people aren't holding Mel and Daniel Jeremiah accountable, mm-hmm. but like this is why this is a, for me, it's a desirable position for Ryan Poles oh. to be in. But it's also the evaluation process is difficult. The decision, I think, is easy or easier. The evaluation process to me is the hard work. And when I listen to Jeremiah there, one of the things I really take away from there is him saying all the stuff he saw that was what you would maybe consider a mistake. 
he felt was 100% correctable. Now, it doesn't mean that it will all get corrected when Caleb Williams gets to the NFL, but they are things that can be corrected. These are not, you know, there are not weaknesses in his game that you would point at and say, you know, maybe someone like Kenny Pickett doesn't have the arm strength, right, as a first-round quarterback, and you have some concern about how that plays. You cannot correct certain things when you get to that level. These things, though, that we're seeing, he thinks are correctable, and so... When I look through, you know, real quick, I would say this too, and I've told you this. We talked about this upstairs, and this is, I've said this a thousand times. But this is where identifying a talent and developing talent. Yes, it's it's there's those are the two most important commodities, but they are drastically different. They take different talents, and I quickly, I it just I reiterate what I've said in the past, and I know this to be true. That when they were evaluating that quarterback class in 2017, mm-hmm. that Matt Nagy, who was on the staff with the Kansas City Chiefs, got it right. Yes. It did. was Mahomes one. It was Deshaun Watson two. The, the concerns with Watson were physical, not his level of play or nothing that materialized later in his career. He had had an ACL. He's kind of thinly built. Like, whereas Mahomes is stockier, especially in his, you know, in his trunk and everywhere. Uh, and Mitch was three out of three. But when, you know, Matt got that part right, but when they got here and maybe, you know, maybe he knew what he was getting into, they failed to to really develop Mitch at all. So the identification can be correct, but you've got to couple that with the development portion of it. And how much of Mitch was failed development and, and how, how much was just Mitch wasn't that I was good? Say, how much could have been developed yeah. at the same point? Um, nevertheless... I think something you hit on a little bit there, which I maybe like to explore, is when the evaluation process for Ryan Poles, what's in front of him. One of the most important jobs that is oftentimes not talked about for a general manager is the ability to evaluate his own roster. And that is, to me, the biggest question that Ryan Poles has in this offseason is looking at Justin Fields and saying, I've got a guy who in 13 games last year, passed for 2,562 yards, had 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He was 5-8 and eight as my starting quarterback. Can I move forward with him and know that with a new offensive coordinator and Shane Waldron, do I know definitively as the GM that I can project him to get a lot better? And as I've he said, not, be not, just, sure yeah, and not just a little bit bigger. And I might, I'm, like, I've got like, my fingers really... If you go forward, you, regardless of the decision they make, you are looking for dramatic performance. Now, it may take the rookie longer, but you're going to have to see those things materialize. If you keep Justin, we're not talking marginal improvement. No. You're talking you're going to keep him and forego the opportunity to draft another quarterback first overall or to get something in return for him, you're expecting him to take a sizable leap in production. That's why ultimately I'd be a little bit surprised if they do move forward with Justin Fields because I don't know how you could watch last year and be absolutely confident that bringing in a new OC and pairing him with Justin Fields would lead to a dramatic increase in production from Justin Fields. Well, I think that the with the addition of... Of, of an upgraded roster, I think, is what, what they would be thinking. So the OC is it's a different approach, and you're going to have more talent in your huddle. Okay. And again, though. Uh, well, but I mean, that would yeah. be the approach, right? Sure. And that's a lot of projection for a yes. guy who's given you now, you know, 38 starts in the NFL with 
what I would say, you know, not enough where I would feel comfortable if I was Ryan Poles to move forward with that and put my job on the line. Because the other thing is, if you do pick Justin Fields, you're, you're choosing him over Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels. All these three quarterback prospects. Which is fine if you think Justin's you, a better player than those guys. But you better be right. Yes. Because I guarantee you if you're oh, yeah. wrong, it's going to end up costing him his job. Yeah, you, down yeah, the road. yeah. I if mean, you get the Justin Fields selection. If you go with, move forward with him, and you're wrong, and Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels are great, and you've also got the I did not choose C.J. Stroud on my resume. Yeah, your job security gets little less. I think ultimately this, less this, this will be the decision to determine whether or not Ryan Poles is the Bears' general manager in five years from now. Well, that's what why happens I, this. I, I think you're 100 percent right, and I think that that's why it's such an important decision for everybody involved. And if you're Ryan Poles, you've got to try to put yourself in his frame of mind and say, okay, this is my team now. Mm -hmm. Okay, it wasn't, you know, I came in in year one, we stripped it down to the studs, but it was still the majority of the team was from somewhere else. Now, in two years, I've been able to put my stamp on this team. So now this is the year where I really, I, I assume the you know the kind of the mantra of this is now my team no more excuses for ryan poles right and and so what are you going to do what is going to be your signature move as now 2024 is going to be it's going to be your team now Mm -hmm. now we're not this isn't like a hybrid of what was left over from the past regime with 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 ryan pace and matt Nagy. This is now, this will be your third year. This is you putting your stamp on this. What is it that you want to do that kind of says in a very loud fashion, this is my team? Is it to continue to build with your existing quarterback who you didn't draft? Or is it to use the first pick on a draft on another guy that maybe you are comfortable with? Let's try Kenny, who's in the Lone Star State down in Dallas. Kenny, you're on Waddle and Sylvie Miller and for Sylvie. How about them Cowboys? Tommy, settle down, all right? <laughs> Settle down. Tommy, I'm, a, I'm an 85 bear. I'm a WGN kid, 85 bear. So okay, we're good. Hey, so I have a couple couple different things to say. Um, so the whole C.J. Stroud thing, if you draft him, Bobby Sloak's not coming to Chicago, right? And so that's what made him successful. I had a big part of him being successful, right? But I do want to say, and I'm going to throw out a stat there that nobody's brought up, and it's, I think it's super impactful. Of the 54 Super Bowls that have ever been played, 37 of them have been won by 17 quarterbacks. So it's a great infrastructure and a great coaching staff and a great whatever, what room, whatever you want to call it. And, and Tom, you've been in there. You've, you've, you've seen what it is and what it takes, right, to make that thing work and make that thing sing. So let's get that part right. And I think that's probably what Dilby was saying yesterday or, early, or maybe earlier in the week. Let's get that part right, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. Let's go do the valuations, the pro days, and everything, and go through it. Go through all the machinations. Go through everything, right? Because at the end of the day, let's get game one right. And this last year, game one, and you guys were talking about with Trico yesterday. This year, game one was so disheartening. Like, I sat here on my couch, and I'm going, you got three months to get together. You, and, and we come out with this kind of game plan. Yeah. And, and Justin's got to be better, right? Yeah. Whether or not he's our quarterback, fine. Understand. Luke Getty, you know, tried to put his little 
wrinkle on that kind of game plan didn't work. But you, what I hear from people that you guys have talked to and put on the radio, and Greg Olson was amazing. Yeah, and Kenny, by the way, we'll let you get back. I'm not going to cut you off. I just want to let you and everyone else know. I think at 5 o'clock, we're going to play like the best. We had some really good conversations this week with Greg Olson and Mel Kuyper Jr., Daniel Jeremiah. Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico. So we're going to highlight some of the best conversation pieces we had. That's all. I listen every day, and you guys have you guys have done an amazing job. And I know it's tough for you guys because everybody wants to call and go, Caleb versus Justin, Caleb versus Justin, or whatever. I get it. And you guys are doing a great job. It's just, it's like... Go do your work yeah. and bring us the best. Right. Give us for one. What I don't care who it is. I want it to be Justin. And at the end of the day, whenever we stress, when we put on our cleats in September 12th or whatever it is, September 13th, I want the best number one to be out there. Not, not, not figuratively, Justin. Right. But you I want, want the, the right best, choice. I want the right choice. Yeah. And I want our franchise to move forward. And and you know what? The, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I think things are being done differently at Hallis Hall. We've not brought in nine guys for OC before. Yeah, um, I would say I this though, Kenny. I, again, thanks for the call. Uh, I do believe on. I felt the same way. I do feel the same way on the personnel side. I'm not going to lie. And I look. I I like a lot of what Ryan Poles has done. I like him personally. He's a BC guy, so mm-hmm. like you know, I'm I'm partial to that as well. But. Most importantly, from a roster-building perspective, I like a lot of what he's done. Yeah. I think this team is significantly more talented. But their decision with regard to some of the coaching stuff, to me, leaves me, I'm sorry, a little bit uneasy. There's a really good article, and it's a re- I'm, I'm getting there because there's a really good article on ESPN Plus right now. Is Jim Harbaugh the coach to bring the Chargers a Super Bowl? And it's from Jeremy Fowler wrote it. I believe it came out this morning or maybe yesterday. Maybe it came out yesterday morning. Whatever it is, it's kind of detailed, and it's in different parts. Part of it is is why Harbaugh's stint in San Francisco ended and, and how that applies to the Chargers. You know, there's this this conversation always that Harbaugh's not easy to work with. It's become, a, as Jeremy says, a, a well-worn theme. Mm-hmm. Many words are used to describe him. Quirky, scattered, wildly competitive. None of them evoke a stress-free work environment. But multiple people close to him believe he's evolved over nearly a decade at Michigan and has unfinished business in the NFL. And a winning formula will supersede quirks all day. This is Jeremy Fowler writing. And he he has a quote from an an existing NFL general manager. Quote, if I were hiring a coach this cycle, he'd be my top target without question. So to Kenny's point, like now – he mentioned the the structure, which is so very important, and I don't I don't dispute that. I think what they got going on in Houston is pretty cool. And Bobby Sloick Jr. is meteoric rise, maybe on the outside, inside the business. It's probably not so much because he's been working with San Francisco, and it was very well thought of. But I don't want to take any credit away from C.J. Stroud. You can put a good player in a good system, and he can thrive. And you can put a good player in an okay system mm-hmm. and he can still thrive a lot of the stuff i saw cj stroud do this year yeah. was cj stroud specific yes and i just don't want to look at what cj stroud did as a rookie quarterback this year and give all the credit to the coordinator yeah because well, i think cj stroud needs to be his what he did this year needs to be highlighted but to go back to the thought that you need that foundation and i do agree with that 
if you are going to try to get Justin to improve or you are going to draft a quarterback with the first overall selection, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody that an existing general manager, who I think this is probably a shared opinion, says if I were hiring a coach this cycle, he'd be my top target without question? Like They could have put this foundation in place in the most important time in recent history with this organization because of the access they have to the number one pick and what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. So that's what makes it for me, Jeff, even more kind of... I'm very happy with what Poles has done, but I'm a little unsettled because I think if you would have done what... You feel like a missed opportunity a little bit. And hopefully I'm wrong. And hopefully we're sitting here next year and Matt Eberflus has done a fantastic job and Shane Waldron has been a revelation as the offensive coordinator and and Kerry Joseph has been a fantastic addition as their quarterback's coach and whoever the quarterback is. Mm -hmm. But I can't help but feel a little anxiety-ridden that you we could have done some missed opportunity, and I don't even know that Jim would have been interested. I don't know if there was any. Uh, I have it. nothing. Listen. I have no idea. But again, I would go back finally before I, I shut up, and I was, I'm taking too much of this time. But it's your show, but, bro. Go but right there for was it. no. It's our show. But the thought that was what was one of the the stumbling blocks that people just blurted out with hiring Jim Harbaugh. Well, I mean, abrasive. Can't you know? Kevin he, Warren he, he, knows who he is and. You know, wears out his welcome after four years. And, and I said, like, I saw Jim at the end of May, and I don't profess to be close with him at all. I mean, if he's around or I occasionally talk with him, but he seems to be a more, he's not any less driven. He's the mm-hmm. most competitive guy I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. But he just seems to be a little bit more even. So maybe how people have described him, they said multiple people close to him believe he's evolved over nearly a decade at Michigan. I wouldn't want a decision to have been made based on who you thought he was 12 years ago in San Francisco. I think that's a fair point by you. I look at Ryan Poles along with the addition of Kevin Warren last year. And that's why I always, I never, you and Sylvie were very adamant that you wanted the Bears to go down that path. And I'm not saying it would not have been a good choice for the Bears. I just looked at Ryan Poles with where he's at entering his third season as the general manager. Also understanding that from what we've heard from him publicly, he has been more than supportive of Matt Eberflus. It seems like they have a very good working relationship. And I know you've said this to me off the air where you wonder, you know, because of the because of the early part that he is in his career as a general manager, you wonder if maybe you know this is this could be a blind spot for him a little bit. You know he's got a great working relationship with Matt Eberflus. Decision of convenience or comfort, and I think, and not only that, he wants it to work with Matt Eberflus yeah. to the point where he probably believes it can work with Matt Eberflus. That's why he brought him back. Ultimately, if you're Ryan Poles and you go down the road of pursuing Matt Jim Harbaugh in this in this coaching cycle you would have and i think no matter what if you're ryan poles and you say okay let's try and bring in jim harbaugh you are ceding some power of course whether you like if that's the route you're going to pursue and we don't even know truthfully what kevin warren's working relationship is with with jim harbaugh if he would have even signed off on the idea of going down that route i mean my my issue wouldn't have been so much of ceding power because i don't think ryan poles feels that way and i'm just guessing i don't think he's this power hungry guy it would just be a comfort with working with somebody and and i'm not trying to say that he is that i'm simply saying as the gm we know he has 
control over the 53-man roster, the way it's currently constructed, right? Yeah. If you're going down the Jim Harbaugh Avenue... He's going to have a loud voice. Jim Harbaugh certainly could demand that he wants final say, or at least, like, we, like that's something that would have been, I think, on the table. And it would have caused a, a little bit of abrasiveness, at the very least, in terms of having a conversation about it. And if you're Ryan Poles, and you just pulled off the heist of the century for the uh, return that you got for last year's, uh, for the trade for the number one overall pick... I think you feel pretty good about what no you're doubt. doing with the organization. He should, he should feel good and about it. And if you like what Matt Eberflus is doing, I can see why he didn't go down that route. I don't think we look at it. I think we look at it and we say, I think that could be improved. I think Matt Ryan Poles looks at it inside the locker room and says, I it's think working. We're, we're moving forward. And next year, I think he thinks this thing's to the moon. I, I, I think, think Ryan Poles has done a better job in his job. Yeah, in his, his position. position than the coach has. I agree with you. time. But I think he thinks it could work. And and listen, again, we're all going to be pulling on the same end of the rope when the season kicks off next year. Nobody's going to be cheering against Matt Eberflus. So it's not a, hey, let's kick Matt Eberflus type of conversation. It's, you know, as I like to say, it's not a vote against him. It would have been a vote for mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh is all I'm saying. Let's try Danny, who's in Western Springs. What's going on, Danny? Hey, what's up? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep, yeah. got you loud and clear. Hang on one second. Gladly, yeah. What's up, Danny? Yeah, Danny. You called oh, us, buddy. What's going on, man? What are you yeah, doing? What are you doing over there? I know. I, I apologize. I'm just oh, out here good. trying to what are you uh, doing? trying to get some gas. Oh, you're getting some gas. Okay. What's yeah, someone has to. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I've been. Uh, I just wanted to bring some reality to this conversation. I've been hearing a lot of Bears Twitter people talking about uh, trading down and getting some sort of crazy haul and getting Max Crosby and all this sort of stuff. If you look at the folks that want to get uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., the difference between the first and the third pick where he's destined to go is 800 points. That's the 21st pick of the first draft this year. Not a lot. Uh, I think it's an easy choice. It's got to be Caleb, if not Drake May. All right. Thank you, Danny. Good luck with good luck with the gas. Yeah, fill it up, buddy. Um, and, and, and I'm not going to try to talk anybody off their opinion. Again, I think this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my almost 57 years on this planet is this discussion that has existed in this great town about the quarterback situation but it's nice um, it's nice to be ryan poles and to have options i'll say that yeah i think that that's the one thing i hope we all can agree upon is is that i don't have a what is perceived a really good option over here and a crappy option over here what i have is an opportunity either direction i think you're in a pretty good pretty good space let's try zach who's in oswego zach what's going on bud not much. Nice. Uh, first time caller. Thanks for taking Woo! my call. But, Thanks for uh, making it. One thing I just wanted to uh, you know, bring up to you guys, I don't think Ryan Poles' job is up for debate at all, even if he were to trade this pick. Because, yeah, yeah, if Caleb does become great, depending on the haul you get and what you do with those extra picks and everything, I mean, if you bust all those picks, yeah, his job's on the line. But you get another haul like you did last year, and, and Justin proves to be middle of the pack, a little above, uh, middle of pack quarterback. I really don't think, even if Caleb becomes great, that you really lose that much uh, with him. Well, Zach, this is where I would say it depends on how Justin Fields ends up playing. Because I think if if Caleb Williams or even unfortunately Drake May and Jaden Daniels, either of those three, go on to be you know great young quarterbacks that teams are raving about in a similar fashion to the way they are about C.J. Stroud this season, and Justin Fields only. If he hits that glass ceiling and ends up being, you know, like a top half, but not much more than that quarterback in this league, 
I think it would be very difficult. I think he's there now. I would say, yeah, I would say that if you went through all the quarterbacks in the National Football League, I would, you know, there's six, let's just say there's 16 starters. He now, we may go through this and find him at 14, 15, or 16, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he's in the bottom half. Think about the number of different questionable quarterback situations that exist in this league right now. So. I mean, I haven't done the exercise yes, yes, recently, yes. Yeah. but as I say, it's but whatever, my, my point to you is, is that like, I don't think it, that Ryan Poles is in any jeopardy of, and I think he's got great job security right now, the, I, no, the, no, but, but the situation becomes a little bit more difficult if in fact they decide to stick with Justin. And even if you get a so-called Hall, 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 yeah. Hall H-A-U-L, correct. If Justin doesn't become a significantly better player and one of these other options does, I'm sorry, and you don't go where you want to go, I'm sorry, you are going to be held accountable for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, And I'll tell you what, like go back and look at the history of teams that have traded off of the first overall pick and what they've received. Ryan Poles knocked it out of the park yes. last year. It was a grand slam home run. But it also was helped tremendously by the fact that the Panthers were completely inept last year and they delivered right back to him the number one overall pick. I'll tell you what, I think we'd be looking at that trade a little bit differently if the Panthers had played fairly well or if if they had actually taken C.J. Stroud and ended up giving the Bears back the 10th or 12th pick, right? Right. We'd be looking at this this, this trade, and I don't think everybody would simply be saying, okay, Tyreek Stevenson, D.J. Moore... Um, Darnell and, Wright and the, and the uh, Darnell Wright, but also the to the twelfth or the thirteenth right. overall pick, yeah. And and the Panthers well, had C.J. Stroud. Think about the good fortune. It'd be a different conversation. We, yeah, we've talked about this a bunch. First of all, Lovey and the Texans did you a solid at the end of last year and mm-hmm. what they did. Yep. And then absolutely, the Carolina Panthers did us a solid as well by taking Bryce Young and not C.J. Stroud yes. because I don't think C.J. Stroud goes into Carolina and takes them to the to the playoffs. Yeah. Because I just think there's better structure with what's going on in Houston. But I also don't believe you end up with the first overall selection. So the fact that they chose Bryce Young and not C.J. Stroud, once again, proves to be a gratuitous moment for you. So it's uh, – Ryan Poles has done a really nice job. This is, this is one of these – these career-defining moments. Yes. That's why you get in the business. Listen, as a Bears fan, it's finally, though, nice to be in, in the midst of an offseason where the world is your oyster for Wait, your What do we manager. say about the Bulls all the time? Yeah, listen, if oh. you're the eighth seed, yes. you're 41 and 41, you're in hell. Yes. Mediocrity and- is you are in hell. They have an opportunity because of the resources they have at their disposal to leapfrog hell and potentially get into that group that we all strive to be a part of. It's Friday, which of course means we've got an addition of Florida or Ohio, and we'll give this you... This has been football talk. Hell I'm, yeah, dude. I'm glad that we talked football instead of some nonsense. Football Friday. Maybe you can give us a, an abbreviated dose of nonsense. I think, something I think we've got time for that. We'll do a, qu- a quick version of Waddle's World and Florida, Ohio coming up next. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets over. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. And he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. 
Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salts. Oh, yes. Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Before we get to Florida or Ohio, uh, this was something that that just came across from Albert Breer. Mm Mm-hmm. Who you can hear with uh, Cap and Jay Hood every week. Tuesday, every Tuesday, 830 It's always great football conversation. He just releases. Was this uh, an article he wrote or was this in yeah, tweet this form? like a coach musings from around the league. Okay. Coach Carousel. Thing. This is from Albert. He says the Bears have their offensive coordinator search done with Shane Waldron aboard. And now some focus will shift to what they do with the defensive coordinator spot. Uh, One thing I've been able to ascertain from the early stages of that search is that Matt Eberflus plans to be the play caller again in 2024. That makes sense since after Williams was fired, Eberflus took over, and a young developing group really started to flourish. Eberflus has long been among the NFL's most respected defensive minds, but Bears ownership wanted more of a walk-around head coach when he was hired in 2022, so he delegated play calling to Williams, who came from the Indianapolis Colts with him. So that answers a question that I think many had about whether or not Matt Eberflus will yes. continue to call the defensive game plan, which I would assume yeah. is what everyone would want because I think that's where he's at his best. Which is why I think the hiring of the of Kerry Joseph as the Bears quarterback coach is probably more important than whoever ends up Such getting a good the D.C. Point. job. Amen. Do you uh, Before we get to Florida, Ohio, real quick, it's Waddle's world, so I don't want to... I do have an itch. I have a couple of interesting yeah, stories. Fire. The first Let's one go. that was, did you know that the San Antonio Spurs staff has been told to never contact rookie Vic, uh, Victor Wembanyama after 9.30 p.m. so he can read in peace before he goes to bed? They've been told you can't contact him after 9.30 because he has a strict evening routine that involves him reading for an hour before he goes to sleep. Never heard something like that. I'm not sure that I'm. He may be. You you know the basketball world better than I, Tyler. Probably the only guy in the NBA that has a "Don't bother me because I'm going to read for an hour before I go to bed" clause. Forget that. Is he the only 19 year old out there that reads for an hour before going to bed at 10:30? You know, I've told you all this a thousand times. I don't read anymore. It hurts my eyes. It just that doesn't interest me. Do you read? Are you a reader? I do. Uh, not as much as I would like to, but I do. I, I don't because I he, don't want to. You think he's doing classic French literature? I don't know. I don't know what he he's reading. Sleep. I have no clue. Good stuff. So, Wendy. do you read? Do you read? Hell no. No, I don't Hell either. No. God bless you. Uh, also, I, this was an interesting story I saw today. A Kansas couple charged with collecting a man's retirement while keeping his body in their home for six years. Kansas couple has been charged with fraudulently collecting more than $215,000 in retirement benefits Mm. on behalf of a dead relative while they concealed his body inside their home for six years. That's some hardcore fraud right there. Yes. Authorities say Mike Carroll's pacemaker showed that he died in 2016 at age 81. But Overland Park Police, I can't tell you the number of times I've been to Overland Park, Kansas for (laughs) kids' soccer. Anyway, the Overland Park Police didn't discover his body until 2022 after his son-in-law, Kirk Ritter, called police to report his death. So, if that was 2022, 2016, he was dead. You may have been in Overland when that... There's no that question. Was There's no doubt. Checks. Prosecutors say Lynn Ritter and Kirk Ritter, both 61, continued depositing and spending 
from Carol's bank account even while his body became mummified on a bed in the home he owned. Oh, no. People oh. suck. And that, oh, boy, that was not Florida, Ohio. No. All right, let's do that. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Man flees police in stolen wheel loader. Wheel loader? I don't even know what a wheel loader is. A wheel loader? It's like your classic, like, think about, like, Like a construction truck. Think about, like, your most classic construction truck. Okay. That's what it looks like. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I yes. So, so uh, what is what else is is speeding off at ten miles per hour? Deputies chased a man for nearly four miles in a stolen wheel loader. If it's only going how how fast? Ten miles per hour. How are you not just pulling in front of it? And well, it's got the big crane, the, uh, not the crane, like but the, the digger. Yeah, the digger right yeah. in front there. It's like a claw. And you could more, do more, something. Put up a barrier. I don't know. Okay. Though deputies did not have a difficult time catching up to the wheel loader, okay. it took multiple attempts to get the vehicle stopped. Yes. They tried to deflate the tires. I was going to say tires that. were too thick wow. for their deflation Because they devices. throw that, 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 like, that. That is some Looney Tunes ass escape right there. Yeah. By this so guy. what was he doing? Um, what was the crime? Why were we, why, why are we I'm chasing him? See. I think it was just because it was stolen. Yeah, he just climbed into the vehicle. Well, you've been at neutered, the, man. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing nefarious about that. A man just stole a construction vehicle. Theft. Wow. They usually leave the keys in there too. Could like, he, I mean, I was I expecting he ran steal. over a deputy or something. No, you no, no, still no, okay? No one was hurt during the incident, the deputies say a brand new uh, a brand new wheel loader. Yeah, that'll run you some heavy, heavy cash. He's, I'm not looking. I'm not in the market for one. Either, that's not, for sure. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not in the market. I'm gonna for go. One. Have you guessed? I have not. Can I go? Sure. I'm excited. I think this is an Ohio crime. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else to it. There's no drugs. There's no weapons. It's not every day though. A wheel loader. Well, my, is my being... point is, I'm with you. Like, okay. I, there's a more benign crime probably happening in Sandusky, Ohio, than is happening in. Tampa, Florida. So I will go with you. I will say Sandusky, Ohio. Ohio as well. I cannot imagine wow. this in Florida. Clean, yeah, clean slate, Ohio. Somewhere in the middle of Ohio. I don't Took know. place in the home of Mitchell Trubisky. Oh. Mentor, Ohio. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All it right. sounds like maybe Mitch was just taking it for a ride. Maybe he's back for a little joy ride. They, they, pulled, they, a new they pulled him loader. over. His fake license said James McMahon on it. I, I, I got to say, I was a little underwhelmed. Not about oh, just like I was ooh, looking. Sorry. No, I sorry was looking. To disappoint on a Friday. I, I, was, I was looking for a little bit more debauchery. I wanted something getting blown up or I something. Like, yes. I that's like the theft for. of a wheel loader. Okay, that's fine. A little change of pace. All right. All right. Uh, up next, Doug Kazarian Let's will gamble. help us with the gambling plays. It's conference championship Sunday. You've got the Chiefs Ravens. You've got the Lions 49ers. We'll talk about it all with Doug coming up next.